Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. I knew what I was going to do was going to be very special with my life. I'm an example just to show people that like, you come up from nothing. Prince had dedicated his whole legacy to celebrating women, celebrating women of color, and celebrating positive music. I'm going to uphold that. You're your own worst critic. I feel like you should be it anyways, but I, I'm always that, and I was just hating my song, so I was hating myself. Some people are at their cubicle job right now making way less than us. Some people are across the world in a goddamn sweatshop making, like, nothing a day, and we're getting paid to sing and dance. To sing and dance, that's a blessing. Artists out here, they're just willing to settle for anything. You know what I mean? And once you really to settle for anything, you deserve anything you settle for. Yo, this young murder. Yo, this is Lizzo. This is August Regal. What's good? It's Kehlani. This is your man, Blake Carrington. You're listening to The Come Up Show. Get inspired. Hey, welcome to The Come Up Show podcast. My name is Chato. I'm the host and founder of The Come Up Show. And yo, I want to start off by saying thank you to everybody who came out to our 10th year anniversary concert at Adelaide Hall uh, yo, it was a great vibe. It was a historical night. And for those who couldn't make it and wished us a happy 10th anniversary, whether it been via email, Twitter, so on and so forth, who appreciate uh, what we do. You know, it's, it's kind of funny when, you know, for 10 years and when what we do is we give, we can give to the community and we're happy to put you on and to do these interviews. But that it was a night where people... The love was overwhelming. We were receiving the love back, and we were appreciated. And I and I thank you. It just adds more fuel to the fire that I have and the hunger that I have to put you on to new artists, producers, and creatives. Uh, and without further ado, my guest today is Birthday Boy. He's an artist, DJ, producer. He was a key piece, a key piece to our audio documentary, Northern Stars, which we released a couple months ago. Uh, he's produced for Ali, Drew Howard, and so many more dope artists. I thoroughly enjoyed our conversation. Uh, you know, we started from the beginning of Birthday Boys uh, start, which is going to be its hilarious. And uh, I'm sure if you guys are Birthday Boys friends, you're going to enjoy it too. Uh, to talk about the drive, the drive that he has to make something, the fundamental need that we have as people to connect with other people, and so much more. Birthday Boy on the Come Up Show podcast. Let's go! Please introduce yourself. I'm Birthday Boy. I'm a producer and I make gardening videos. gardening videos yeah. that'd be interesting if you really did that <laughs> i do a little bit really i'm not that good of a gardener but are, are you really you into gotta, gardening though have you uh, you've done I'm it i'm getting up? more yeah. into it i'm learning yeah is and it, i'm documenting my journey <laughs> is learned. it th- is it therapeutic <laughs> 
It's very therapeutic. Yeah. It really is. Yeah. You know, the plants, they don't judge you. <laughs> you know, they don't have... <laughs> they just, you know, they just need a little water, a little TLC. And uh, that's all they need. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, other than gardening, uh, what have you been up to this past summer, I guess? Um, I've been making a lot of music. I mm. uh, just... Uh, finished a project with my friend Trish who's a singer um I've been working on my own project and uh, a couple songs with one with my friend Ali that came out uh earlier in the summer shot a video for that it's called Bad Habits mm. and um yeah just been you know trying to get better and stay sane mm. yeah uh, how does it feel? Because it's been a while, like, a, what, at least a year since you released something. How does it it's feel? been a while, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I think at first I was getting anxious, as, like, everyone does get anxious that I haven't put something out in a while. And then I was like, at this point, it's been long enough that I don't feel rushed. Like, I just want to make sure everything is perfect and then put it out because... Mm. Once it's out there, you can't take it back. Mm-hmm. Once, once you're at that, uh, the point of no return, where like, okay, now if I'm gonna bring, some, I'm gonna release something, I'm gonna make sure it's worth the the wait that people yeah. have been waiting yeah, for. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, but what does it feel like in this day and environment where there's like so much music coming out every day, all the time, to not release something for at least a year? Yeah. Well, I mean, it's probably ill-advised, um, but. It's really crazy right now. I mean, I think it's important to like not be too affected by that. Mm-hmm. Because if you keep reading the all the blogs and you keep like you know, I say current to an extent cuz I'm also a DJ. But I try to block it out a little bit because I'm like, you know, the reasons why I started making music aren't for the recognition and stuff like that. So I just try to just try to <laughs> block it out and and do my own thing. Mm. How did you start making music? Um I made music I guess in various forms when I was a kid. I played a little piano. Um I played the tuba and the trumpet and um, I guess I started sort of making up bands and writing songs when I was in probably grade six and seven. Mm. And is that through like music class in elementary school or something like that? Is there a music program? There like was a music. There was a good yeah. music program. I yeah. didn't like excel that much in the music <laughs> program, if I'm being honest. But yeah. the opportunity was there. It wasn't for a lack of opportunity. I guess I was kind of more interested in making up my own stuff on on my own time. Mm. Um, but yeah, I started making beats pretty young, like probably grade nine or 10. And then that became like the main focus for the music stuff. Using what? The first beats I made, um, I think the first beat I made on like a video editing program because I was making (laughs) some videos at that time, uh, like maybe Premiere or something like that. How is that possible to make a beats on a video editing program? Well, I mean, it was it was not a very complicated beat, but yeah. I guess they had like more than one audio track. Yeah. So you could put like a sample and then put like a drums. Mm-hmm. 
and then there was this other program called um beatcraft which is like kind of similar to fruity loops it's got like these little squares that you put the drum hits in mm -hmm. and it had its own sounds so i would do drums on that and then i got this other thing called um audacity or audition adobe audition adobe audition yeah yeah and i was putting it together on there mm -hmm. and i had like a little keyboard like from when i was a kid and casio keyboard something like that yeah. one of the really little ones yeah. and i remember i like got a sound card and then i couldn't plug the thing right in so i was like running it through the vcr and you like had to press play to get the sound to come out but wow it was pretty janky, but that was how I started. I, I definitely like was just trying to use whatever was around me before. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And what are the sounds that you're being exposed to uh, in terms of music you're listening to? Um, when I was young, like I was really into like ska and reggae. Mm -hmm. It's probably the main thing I was into. Who introduced that to you? Um, how did you? Maybe my up? sister. Yeah. I, yeah. I. Uh, my sister exposed me to a lot of music. She's a few years older. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I think she w she would make mixtapes and I would make mix like literally tapes back in that day. Mm -hmm. And um, I'd find a song that I liked and then I'd find more by that artist or more of that genre. And I got really into like the Scatolites and like Prince Buster and like all that old ska music. How where was the discovery happening? Where were you? Where were you finding all this? Um, I think Kazaa. Okay. Yeah. I Kazaa. Kazaa and like the odds. I would buy CDs sometimes. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, this was like early two thousands. Early two thousands. Yeah. yeah, I'm a little yeah. bit older, so like I definitely, I remember before the internet. Like, the internet existed, but, like, I didn't, like, mm. I wasn't on there. I didn't know what was going on until somewhere in that period, so. Like, what, when, like, grade eight, grade nine? Something like that. I feel like we got the internet in my home in probably grade seven or eight. Mm. And then it was MSN. MSN Messenger. Yeah. And all that. But, um. Did you have a crazy email hotmail address back then? No, I didn't. <laughs> and I feel like so lame, but it was just like my name. It's because yeah. somebody else made it for me, actually. Oh, okay. My friend made it because they had the internet. We didn't have it yet. Yeah. And yeah, I know. Everyone had the coolest names. And like mine was just like my name. <laughs> but. Um, oh, that's hilarious. But yeah, so that's because I was a thing. Later on, like this thing called Soul Seek. Yeah, yo, that was the the ish, man. Yeah, yeah. I actually like, got back on it. Whole libraries and that's still alive. Soul it's still, Seek alive. Is still alive. It's still around. I just got back on it because it's yeah, it's peer to peer, right? You're downloading yeah. off other people's uh, computers, like basically. Yeah. Wow, the Soul Seek's still around. Yeah. Wow. I feel bad to be honest. Like now, it's like I make music and like. It's pretty bad to be just like <laughs> downloading people's music. But actually I do I buy a lot of music. Yeah. I I I buy a ton of music, especially cuz DJing, right? So like you need a file. You can't just stream it. Yeah, yeah. So you need, you need to the hard yeah. yeah like you the, need, on a hard drive. You need to get the file. So I buy a, like I spend like a fair amount of money on music. Mm. Um hmm. but I also steal some too, if I'm being honest. 
Yeah, I think everybody does. Yeah. Everybody does, and we all justify it somehow, some way. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that was my spiel. My excuse is I have a radio or platform or whatever, and I'm promoting them, so. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, okay, so you know you're using all these programs, and I, I guess when did you start taking it seriously, kind of somewhat? Um, yeah, um, I took it kind of seriously in high school. Mm. Um, I was also just like, I was a pretty weird kid, and I think that you know making music, it was like I was like, oh man, I found something where I can just I can just like be myself and be as weird as I want and and just like spend time making something and working on something and at the end I'll have something to show for it so I got really into that it's kind of addictive Mm. so I would say I was taking it pretty serious like for a pretty long time um through high school but I guess when it came to like the actual like industry or whatever, mm-hmm. I wasn't so on point. You know, I wasn't really into that side of it. I guess a lot of people are not. A lot of artists are not. Yeah. Uh, when you say <laughs> when you say you were kind of weird, what 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 like you weren't making a lot of friends in high school? You were on your own. Or like, um, no, I had yeah. friends. Yeah. I had friends, um, but we were kind of like. We had our squad, but I'd say that we were maybe like kind of a weirder squad. Everybody was just kind of, I don't know. We were just. Like I, what, if you had to describe that squad, did you guys have a name for your squad? We didn't have a name, okay, but we okay. would be like the like kind of stonery, music, nerdy, um, hippie kind of. Listening to ska. <laughs> I think I stopped listening to Ska. Oh, okay. Well, no, I've always listened to it, but like just the really old stuff and just like my really favorite records. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so that was us. My boy Marlon would be like wearing the tie-dye shirts. A lot of my friends were like in bands, like jam bands and stuff like that. Mm. I was more into rap, so that was my thing. Do you remember the first thing that you came across in rap? Or rap music, or, or um, uh, yeah, something you remember. I remember I really liked all the funky Homo Sapien. Okay, which is also like probably shows you that I was kind of a wacky kid because that's like more of a wacky thing. But mm-hmm. yeah, I love Dell. I love his flow and his voice, and um, that's another thing that my sister definitely showed me. Mm. And then I got really into like Trap Called Quest. Nas, like all kinds of classic older stuff that was it was very old at that time too mm-hmm. i was you know learning about the older stuff after the fact yeah um but i was also into what was happening at the time like i was really into like pharrell the neptunes i think that actually the neptunes and like their beats was like a major thing for me wanting to like do it more seriously and like really really inspired me because mm. they were killing it this is they like, were killing it in that era yeah early 2000s yeah. or whatever the they yeah. were everywhere yeah and i just like it was so dope i loved what they were doing it was like i don't know 
Was there specific like Neptune's tracks that you really really liked? Oh, uh, there were some. Yeah. There's some that I there's this one track I can't find, and I, I think I got it off because I was like this mixtape that was like mm. Neptune's versus Timbaland. Mm. And I haven't been able to find it since, but there were some beats on there that were just like really crazy. Hmm. This one with like a sitar kind of sound and just like it was really like their beats were really like rhythmic, you know what I'm saying? Like it was a lot of that old school rap was just like boom, boom, ch, boom, mm-hmm. boom, you know, and the Neptunes and Timbaland, they were really using cool rhythms, mm. lots of different rhythms on top of each other locking it together mm. and that's that's my shit i still mm. love that so does that did that influence your sound as a producer as well definitely too? definitely yeah? what was your pr- production sound like early pretty trash <laughs> <laughs> pretty trash uh but yeah i was definitely trying to do my do my neptunes thing for a bit mm. and then i kind of i got after that well, actually, another kind of, like, style that I was into is, like, RJD2 mm. and, like, um, Mr. Scruff mm. and, like, um, Eamon Tobin. Like, these, like, kind of, this record label called Ninja Tune. And um, I guess that would be more on, like, I don't know if you call it trip hop or something like that, mm-hmm. but it would be, like, really intricate a lot of samples laid over each other weird sounds and stuff like that and the avalanches was another group Hmm. um so i think i was just kind of trying to mix all those things that i was into Hmm. Hmm. and uh and so what did it get to like once like so were you just making beats just for yourself and uh and i guess where was the first place that you put out your beats or put your music on something um we used to use SoundClick. Yeah. Yeah, we used to use SoundClick and MySpace. Mm-hmm. And uh we used to do shows too. Like I wasn't like Who's I, who's we? So I had like there was a group of us and I think I was trying to make tracks, make beats, bring people to record and I was always trying to get people to record like everyone I knew. Like I was trying to get people to rap that like didn't rap. And I was like, this is your rap name. Like, come make a track. Like, I bring everyone into, like, my mom's basement. And, like, just, like, I just wanted... I loved the, I loved the collaborating. Mm-hmm. And still, to this day, it's, like... It's the best thing, like... Just, um... Just working together and having fun and, like, making something new and, like... It can be pretty solitary at times making music, so mm. I, I enjoy when you get to do it with other people, and that was always a big thing for me. Mm. Was there anyone you wanted to shout out from back in the little days, rappers that you made, uh, names that you made up? Or? Shout out, <laughs> well, I didn't make up everybody's name. Shout out Double X. Double X. Um, he's still out here. Shout out uh, Guzolu. Guzolu, whoa. Shout out... Um, Oh man. Uh Zen Master. Mm. Shut up. <laughs> this is so funny now. <laughs> this is funny. Um You gotta send this link to them. <laughs> yeah. Shut up. I feel like there's some people I'm forgetting. And then there was like there was like this kind of group of guys that would be uh call 
calling themselves LC. And I would kind of like go to this dude AJ's house and he was like a DJ and he had this kind of setup and we'd go and like make tracks. And um, so there was those guys and then there was just like me doing my own thing. And um, yeah, mm. good times. Good times. Uh, so yeah, SoundClick, uh, MySpace, and then and then what? Is SoundCloud the next thing or? I'd say yeah. that like there's like the main thing from back then. Oh yeah, I was gonna yeah. say is that we were doing shows, right? Like yeah. like I said, a lot of my friends were in bands and playing instruments, and like at this time I was an MC, mm-hmm. and so we would do shows where I would like, I would make tracks, make beats, record choruses and verses, and then. Um, they'd like replay it with the band and so towards the end of high school a bunch of my friends went to rosedale heights which has like a really good music program Mm -hmm. so they would have um like an orchestra like we actually had like an orchestra like it was like a 13 piece band with like full horn section um full band and uh and we would put on these shows we called ourselves juice money juice money yeah and we would um we'd put on these shows and like we like packed like certain venues like um we used to play at like the reverb which is, was is at juice money same thing as juice money collective or the two yeah, separate things same thing yeah. oh okay okay so that was that was our thing like we were we were we were into doing these shows and just like i feel like back in that back in high school like throwing shows was kind of different it was like if you got a few social groups to come then like you'd have a lot of people like it was just kind of the promo game was different back then Mm. um but we would like a lot of people would come we would do these shows and like that was the main thing like i wasn't really on the internet like that like i i wasn't too tech savvy and we didn't really know how to like present ourselves online Mm. and um the main thing was in real life doing shows what era was this around are we talking this would be like 2005 to nine type of thing i think and even later a little bit and even later but um yeah that was dope actually some of those people like the people who are in like the juice money band like i think like 90 percent of them are like professional musicians now Mm. and like just that was so cool and like i'm kind of embarrassed because like I was like rapping back then and it's like kind of embarrassing. We have like these recordings and I'm like, oh, I'm ruining it. Like <laughs> they sound amazing, like playing versions of my beats and we doing covers and like mm. outcast songs and like. So you had this whole band and you were the sole MC? No, there was like okay me and a couple of the guys, okay. I think. Yeah, yeah. We'd switch it up, but it was fun, you know. I mean, the the spirit was there of just like banding together and just like doing this like silly shit but like well enough that people would take it in definitely and maybe at that point just doing music for the sake of music not Mm -hmm. you know not anything else totally when it's like really fun i was really lucky to have people around me who were like actually good musicians yeah because they kind of like put me on the right path i feel Mm -hmm. um like they were like you know man you gotta you gotta get better at playing instruments you gotta learn a little bit more and it took me a while but Mm -hmm. i think that 
having those people around was like it was good it was a good thing like i mean people don't get the opportunity to have their beats performed by like these great musicians and stuff mm. like that my buddy sean fisher was like the the musical leader of that group and he's still around he's he's an amazing musician mm. um so did you like pick up instruments during that time or yeah like here and there yeah you know i wasn't playing in that band because i wasn't good enough but yeah. i was playing on my beats mm-hmm. and i was jamming a little bit and basically the same way that i am now although i guess i've practiced more now mm-hmm. but um i wouldn't say i'm primarily like a player you know mm-hmm. i don't really go around being like oh i'm a piano player because like yeah. There's some really good keys players out there. So yeah. I'm more say I'm a producer and I play a bit. You play a bit. Uh, so, yeah, you're talking about, you know, from 05 to 09 uh, uh, era, right? Yeah, I guess that, that would be, those shows would be like 2007 to like 2010 kind mm. of thing. Yeah, mm. would be those those big ones. And what's next uh, after that? After that, uh, I was like, then I got really into like Dilla and just like making beats on an MPC and kind of got into into a more underground sound. Mm. Um, and I just started making a bunch of recordings. And that was like, I'd say probably the most formative period in terms of getting good at making beats. Mm. Um, just trying to find like weird samples and you know get that kind of like boom bat. What was it about Dilla that you know inspired you or you were captivated by? It's just it just bangs like his beats <laughs> are just like they're just tight like it's like I feel like a lot of people try to emulate Dilla by making their drums out of time and by like making it a little bit sloppy on purpose but like that's always kind of baffled me because like i don't see his stuff as being sloppy it's just that it's a groove that is like maybe not exactly on the like computer grid Mm. shit is just really tight like he just it's just like perfectly done it's like precision like it's like precision done but it doesn't sound too computerized because he's playing everything with his hands and you can feel that Mm -hmm. like if you boil it down to like micro micro milliseconds his timing is just like so tight mm. and the samples that he was using i mean it's dilla like yeah, he's, yeah, he's yeah. probably probably the best like that i know of mm. you know so you're going you're going through that dilla phase yeah real underground sound and then underground low pass and then then I was here at Ryerson mm. and um, actually throughout this time, like I was also really into like Daft Punk mm. and like Jamiroquai and like um, disco and like stuff like that. So I was trying my hand at that kind of music too, a little more up-tempo. And I think I started doing that more and more when I came to college and, and I, uh, that's when I, for the first time, started, like, making music as myself, like, as a producer, and, like, putting that on the internet, like, on Bandcamp mm-hmm. and stuff like that, mm-hmm. under a bunch of different names. But 
basically everything up into that point was like a group or it was me producing for someone or something like that. So I get, I think that's the point where I started being like, yo, maybe I could just be a producer who's like has a name and like that's it. Um, so I started to make up-tempo music. I, I started, um, I was trying to like make stuff that was like, sounded like Daft Punk, but if it was made by someone who was like a hip hop person. Mm. So I was trying to like, go for a dance tempo but have the feel of it still be like definitely hip hop back backbone. Mm-hmm. Um what well, what was that was that a project or just what just like solo? That was just a yeah. bunch of different stuff. Yeah. Um but that's probably the phase that leads me into like today. Into today. Yeah. And well, how and how would you uh, you know if 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 we uh, agree on say the overall mainstream Toronto sound is dark moody yeah uh i think you've talked about this before yeah where, a little bit you know you're appreciative of what you know the people who have established and like say the drizzy and all those the way they've brought attention here but you think that there's another wave another side to what is being made here or what's possible what other sounds that are here in toronto yeah yeah uh, well i'd say that the music i make for the most part is it's a little more bright and colorful and playful and I think that that comes from that same spirit of like trying to, I don't want to say that it's like silly, but it's a little less dramatic, uh, a little less self-serious, I think. Um, I want to have fun with it and I want the music to sound like that. Mm. Jiggy is the word. Jiggy, yeah. <laughs> trying to make some, it's jiggy. some jiggy music. Yeah, because, and, yeah, go ahead, yeah. sorry. Yeah. Um, Cause that's what I love, you know. Yeah, I love like Michael Jackson and like some stuff is just good. Like I have this theory that there's like this this subset of music that is like universal, and I think it's it's kind of like a dancier tempo, like sort of one fifteen BPM to like one twenty. And it uses more kind of like soulful or jazzy chords. And I think that some people have tapped into this, like some Michael Jackson songs and some of those other guys I mentioned, like Daft Punk, Jamiroquai, and all kinds of funk music. Um, but I feel like there's this little type of music that I, I kind of feel like it's ancient. Like I feel like it's like... Um, it's a really old sound that that has been recreated in every era um, mm. and that that's kind of like what I'm trying to like go for um, I definitely and that's when I heard like like South African house music and stuff like that I was like I was like wow this is exactly it like this is exactly that kind of style that I was always felt was like a common like thread and just like humans mm. and people are doing it in different ways mm. but that's like that's like the genre that I aspire to do when it comes to the up-tempo stuff because I also make rap music too yeah 
uh, being part of, of you know uh, of the scene here in Toronto and and seeing what's and all the talent that we have like I, I guess how how are you feeling about about being part of the scene here and what's going on I feel good you yeah. know I'm I was just thinking about this as I was coming here because yeah. I went to Ryerson I'm walking through the campus and I'm like remembering like you know feeling kind of isolated making music before like no one really cared no one listened and I didn't know anybody I wasn't going out and seeing people and it's kind of like good to just reflect on that and be like it's cool now you know like I'm I'm lucky to know like so many dope artists you mm -hmm. know there's some really talented people in the city like it's pretty crazy and it's always been like this but now they're getting recognized i don't know it's cool i'm i'm super happy to like be a part of it hmm. is 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 uh is toronto one of the best places to create in in terms of actually making the music i mean i don't have that much experience in other places <laughs> if i'm being real but i would say yeah it is. It's, like, a very good place to just live and, like, vibe out. You know, it's, like, it's a little bit slow kind of of a city, I feel. Um, and you can kind of find your own space and just do what you got to do. Mm -hmm. I think it's a, I think it's a good place to create. There's a lot of, there's a lot of people creating, like, not just music, you know. There's a lot of artists in, in every discipline. Um, and it, we all rub off on each other and, um, I think it's good. It's not, it's not like as like, you know, like there's some other places like Montreal where it's like, really feels like a cultural city, you know, like for the most part, Toronto is like, what is it? Downtown it's skyscrapers and in the suburbs it's strip malls. So it's like. Um, it's not the most cultural city. I don't know if I'm saying. In if terms of I'm like the aesthetics of like, like, you know, they call it a like concrete jungle, like that type of thing you mean? Well, or, or what? It's more like I wouldn't, I don't think people would peg Toronto as like a cultural hotspot. You know what I mean? Like they'd be more like, oh, it's a good place to live, a good place to raise a kid. But if you want to like make art, you might go to like Berlin or something like that. Mm -hmm. But I think that despite that, there are a lot of artists here and it's cool. It's like maybe shifting the tide a little bit towards that. But I mean, at the same time, it's shifting in the other way. Like venues are closing left, right and center. Um, you know, neighborhoods are turning into like these weird uh, condo skyscraper places and um it's important that it's important that the arts are valued if you want to have a society that is like enriched and good to live in you know what i mean it's been made clear that money is the most important thing but it can't be the only thing like you need you need this you need culture you need you need soul and spirit in a city for it to be a place that 
that people want to live, you know what I mean? Sometimes I worry that we're just going to turn into this boring, cultureless place and everyone's going to have to leave and they won't be able to afford the rent. So the fact that things seem to be moving in two different directions at the same time is interesting and and it's important to like embrace it's important to embrace like what is basically a bit of a musical renaissance that's happening here mm. um because it might be one of the things that helps us like actually be a city you know what i mean like not just a collection of rental units and stores and you know what i mean hmm. so you 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 you're saying that uh all this talent and you know the impact that they're starting to have is like is like proof that this is important yeah i think so you know what i mean and it's like before drake like yo we have to give him so much credit because before drake like canadian culture was like there was the tragically hip who are dope i actually really like them but I feel like they were the justification for like just this overwhelming whiteness in Canadian music industry. Um, and and so much dope shit was just getting overlooked. So, you know, Drake became the most famous Canadian ever. And so now people are thinking, oh, you know, maybe there's more to this you know, maybe there's more to Toronto than we had thought. Maybe there's more to Canada than we had thought. You know what I mean? It's frustrating that Canada considers itself such a progressive country, but in so many ways it isn't. Like, how many, like, Headleys do we need? Like, how many times do the grants have to go to the people who look the same? You know? Um the nickelbacks yeah and you know what i mean no diss to them they're good at music too but like it's not like it doesn't reflect my canada you know it doesn't reflect how we like live and grew up and the things that we're into and the people we know and what the city looks like and Mm. you know what i mean i think it's like it's cool to see a, a, a new canadian identity emerging that reflects um, that reflects the you know the true makeup of the country or I should say the city you know i don't i don't um i'm I don't know as well like Canada you know sometimes I talk about Canada and I feel like I'm really more talking about Toronto because that's what I know but um I think we're heading in the right direction, but maybe not fast enough because, you know, there's much more powerful forces at play heading us in the other direction, whether it's, you know, development and building communities that don't even have playgrounds in them. And it's like, I feel like we're fighting against something that's unbeatable. But when we make these little pieces of progress, like, that's valuable.
So it seems like you know that you know there are some frustrations that you talked about of what's going on in the city. Like, what are some frustrations that you've had personally with your art, with your creative journey? Of like maybe asking yourself like where am I going? What am I doing? What is the end goal? Yeah, yeah, yeah those type of things. I think I've been yeah. really lucky when it comes to like making music and being appreciated, and you know what I mean. I think I've had every opportunity that I could have asked for. So when it comes to frustrations, it's mostly internal, you know. I think um, if there's anyone for me to be frustrated at, it's myself, you know. And that is something that I kind of battle with as a person. And I work through that with music. You know, it's like a really... Music is a really important part of my self-care regimen. Um, you know, like I'm a person who's who deals with, you know, mental health problems. And... Um, And it's like almost crippling at times. And sometimes music is like the only thing that I can like do. And then sometimes, sometimes I frustrate myself. I feel like I've been like a little too anxious to like, or maybe at times doing things for the wrong reasons or like put out a track and it sounds too much like somebody else. That's like one embarrassing thing that I've definitely done. Um, but I'm growing. You know, I don't know. It's like a lifelong battle against myself to just get better and balance, like, being good to myself with being good to the people around me. Mm. Um, so in terms of frustrations with music, it's just it's just this thing. It's like it's so good when it goes well. You know what I mean? And it's like those times when you make something, you listen back and you're like, yes, like I did it. Those are, like, what keeps you going through the times when you're, like, I ain't shit, <laughs> you know? Like, sometimes I'm just, like, why? What am I doing, you know? But um, lately I just try to keep that that child inside of me alive. Mm -hmm. I just try to remember, like, when I was young and I was doing this this shit, almost the same things that I'm doing now. And, like try to do things for those reasons because I think it comes from a good place. Like, I don't think sometimes in making music and making art in general, like you're like, is this self-indulgent? Like, is it so important? My viewpoint that I make this like, you know what I mean? It can feel kind of selfish at times to be like, here, listen to me here, listen to me. Or like, it's uh, my, my opinion matters or, Da, 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 da. But I think if you're doing it from a good place and like you're actually putting your heart into it, then it matters and like people can feel that too. Mm. I think music for me, you know, I have even outside of music, I've always had this drive to just like make something or make something up or do my own thing, make something, right? And I think it comes from, like, this kind of feeling of isolation inside, like, kind of, you feel like you're alone, and your only chance to connect with someone is to, like, show them how you're feeling, because you can never, you know, like, words are never enough. You can never communicate how you're feeling, 
And um, I often wonder if other people think the same like thoughts that I do, especially the bad ones. And the more and more I find out that they do, like I think people people have a fundamental need to connect with other people and you'd be surprised how isolated people feel you know what i mean across the board successful people rich poor people feel isolated and they feel alone and i think that the world we're living in is pushing people farther into this place it's harder to even talk- though we're more technologically yeah. connected we're even becoming That's more it. isolated we're in this we're in the age of just like an illusion of connectedness Hmm. You know what I mean? People are lonelier than ever. You can't even disagree with somebody. You can't disagree with somebody, period. If someone doesn't have the exact same viewpoint as you, they're unfollowed. So you're just talking to people you already agree with. There's no common space anymore. And things like music are how we bridge these gaps that we continuously put up around ourselves. And, like, I don't really blame people. I think that it's by design that people think this way. Like, I think... Now I'm sounding like a conspiracy theorist. <laughs> but, Please, I want to hear the conspiracy But they theories. want us to be alone. They want us to be lonely. They want us in fear. And that's because it weakens us. Things like music bring us together and might be our only hope of actually like turning this thing around. Mm. You know, we need each other. Everyone, <laughs> we need each other, like straight up. And like that's, you know where a lot of the desire to make things comes out of. Hmm. Uh, what has been uh, inspiring you lately? Um, and it doesn't necessarily need to be limited to music, just overall. Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, nature has been inspiring me lately, as I was saying at the beginning. Um, what like what aspects were you up with Ali and uh, whatever with Skolka uh, or whatever? I wasn't there, but I've yeah. been doing my yeah. own trips. Okay. Um, yeah, we're actually lucky. Like Toronto has a lot of green space. I know we were describing it as a concrete, concrete jungle, jungle yeah. earlier, but I don't yeah. think that's exactly a fair representation because we have a lot of forests and parks. And mm-hmm. I've just been walking in trees and nature, and like it's very inspiring. It's mm-hmm. like the right thing. Mm-hmm. It's like an ancient thing, you know, mm-hmm. something that's older than us. And it's just like, it's right, you know? Yeah. Um, so there's that. And um, just my family. I've been trying to spend a lot of time with my family, you know. Um, I've got my parents and my siblings, my girlfriend and her daughter. And I'm just trying to soak it in because... That's those are the things that are like life is made of. I feel like we spend so much time trying to get to the next point that we don't realize that life consists of the in-between moments. You know what I mean? The times when you just stop and you look around and you're like, yo, I love people. People love me. Like, that's what life is made of, you know? So I've just been trying to keep that in mind you know i've been trying to appreciate what i have and Mm -hmm. that's been inspiring me it's amazing uh yo thank you for for the time and the conversation and honesty uh (laughs) what what do you want to say to the people who have been supporting you and also the ones who are just hearing about about you right now sure um i want to say thanks so much for the support um 
it really means a lot. Um, and to the people who are just hearing of me, you know, I hope you, you know, take some time out of your day to check out what I have to offer. If it's not for you, that's absolutely fine. I still wish you the best. <laughs> um, and that's it, you know. I'm thankful for it. And like I said, I've been really lucky, you know. Mm -hmm. Even even if it could be said that I haven't really done much, um, I still feel good about the things that have happened. And I'm appreciative to everyone who's listened to my shit, everyone who's watched the videos. And um, I plan to do more. I think if I could say one thing, it's that what I'm going to do next is is important to me and i hope everyone fucks with it mm, you're excited yeah and they could check it out out of birthday boy on soundcloud that's right birthday boy on soundcloud um follow me on instagram birthday boy world and yeah that's pretty much it thank you very much birthday boy thank you thanks for having me dude appreciate it yeah Yo, I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Birthday Boy on the Come Up Show podcast. Subscribe to the Come Up Show podcast if this is your first time tuning in. We're on all platforms, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and 2017. We're wrapping up 2017, and what an amazing year it was for the Come Up Show and our podcast. And we're putting together the best of 2017 interviews that we've done on the Come Up Show podcast. I want to know what you thought of your favorite interviews. What were your favorite interviews that we've done on 2017? Hit us up at The Come Up Show on Twitter. Give me your favorite, top one, top three, top five, whatever resonated with you. Hit us up at The Come Up Show on Twitter because we'll take that feedback and we'll put, we're putting together our list. My name is Chetto. Thank you for tuning in. I'll catch you on next Wednesday. Peace. Peace.